slide. All right, so as you know, this morning we've gathered to celebrate that Jesus has risen from the dead. And I've titled the message this morning, Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And maybe this is your very first Easter Sunday going to church or watching church online. But for most of us, this is one of several. We've, we've done this before, we've celebrated before, but for me, it's, it's my favorite day of the year. <clears throat> because without the resurrection, I could never have been forgiven, could never have been set free. And I'd have no idea what would happen to me when I die or, or where I would go, and, and now I do. But that first Easter, if you can imagine, was actually probably pretty dark and depressing. I mean, before they got to the good part, you know, before they found out the end. But I've spent some time over the last month or so really thinking about that. And if I'm honest with you, uh, it began from a feeling of being let down by people or having expectations of others that were never lived up to. And then that got me thinking about me and all the plans that the Lord has for me and how often I fall short. And it only takes a few minutes of that for me to be ready to extend grace towards others. And I began to think about the disciples and those that had left everything to follow Jesus. We know that at least four of them were fishermen. One was a tax collector. But when Jesus traveled, they traveled. They went with them, with him. So they were separated from their families, separated from the people that they knew by distance, and some of them by division as well. See, like today, not all believed that Jesus was truly the Messiah. And in one sense or another, these guys gave up all to receive all. But then he died. Now, for you or or I with multiple Easter Sundays under our belts, hallelujah, right? Jesus died, and then the third day. But for them, who walked away from everyone and everything with joy and excitement, because the kingdom of God had come, and they were going to rule and reign with their king, but then he died. Typically on, on Resurrection Day, we do as we started this morning, actually, we don't always do the breakfast. Now that I know you guys can make it at 8.30. <laughs> we have a prayer meeting every Sunday morning at 8.30. Just want to extend an invitation. You know, as a pastor, you do an Easter message every year. And if you preach through the Gospels, you, you hit on these things multiple times. And when it comes to Easter Sunday, there's this expectation that the pastor's going to come up with something clever and something different. Or depending upon how many times he's done this, maybe he just pulls something from the bottom of the pile and puts it back in the rotation. But this morning, I'm actually going to read a big chunk from the Gospel of Mark. And I don't normally preach this message from Mark because his version of the crucifixion and and the resurrection are actually pretty brief. Uh, But rather than you think I'm clever this morning or that I came up with another neat way of presenting the story. I want you to see what they saw and feel, at least in a 
in a small way a bit of what they might have felt that morning. So let's pray. And as we do, if you're not there, turn to Mark chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, did we do this? If if you don't have a Bible, if you passed, if you were shy and you didn't get a Bible, slip a hand up. We want to get you a Bible. And you can keep that Bible. Read that Bible. Let's pray. Father, it has been uh, a busy morning today already. Lord, the, the, the things aren't working. You know that. <clears throat> um, distractions have been happening today. Toilets are broke. And Lord, would you just settle our hearts and minds? Lord, we know what that is. It's all distraction from your word, from your message. Lord, would you calm our hearts and minds and, and prepare us even now to receive your word, Lord, to rejoice in the resurrection, to rejoice in in this act on the cross that made life possible for us. Speak through your word, Lord, to sinners and saints, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For clarification, we weren't praying to sinners and saints, just praying for sinners and saints. Mark chapter 14, let's turn there. And we're going to start actually in verse 12. It begins, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. So his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. In the evening he came with the twelve. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and say to him, one by one, is it I? And another said, is it I? He answered and said to them, it is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for him. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day, when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, 
Before the rooster crows thrice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. Peter here arguing with God. And he goes from making proclamations to, to making oaths. He spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. Then he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come up, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed him. And then they laid hands on him and took him. And one of those who stood by drew a sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut his ear off. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they all forsook him and fled. Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body, and the young men laid a hold of him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked, And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands. And within three days I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimonies agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. 
Again, the high priest asked him, saying, Are you the Christ, the Son of the blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further do we have to have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him and blindfold him and to beat him and to say to him, Prophesy! And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. Now when Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when he saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I, I neither know nor understand what you're saying. And he went out on the porch and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them. But he denied it again. And, and a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, and your speech shows it. Your speech betrays you. You, you talk like one of them. So, so Peter changes the way that he talks and decides to talk in a manner that people would think, surely he's not a follower of Christ. He began to curse and to swear. I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time the rooster crowed. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. Chapter 15. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered, Nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at the feast, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying louder, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For they knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them, What then do you want me to do with him who you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him! Then Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, wanting to please men, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head 
with a reed and spat on him. And bowing a knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off of him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon of Syrian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said he saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out, with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, look, he's calling out for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink, saying, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn from two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed out his last, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the less, and of Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought fine linen, took him down, and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, which had been hewn out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. Chapter 16. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. 
Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone of the door from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. In entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. I want you to notice that none of the men that left everything to follow Jesus were there that morning. Why would they be? They all believed Jesus was dead. That he had betrayed them. They certainly had betrayed him. I mean, sure, we, we know the story of Peter, right? But all of them really did the same. None stood with him, none fought for him, or said, if you're going to take Jesus, you'll have to take me too. Most of them said nothing. They just abandoned him when he needed them the most. After he had called them to a new life when they needed him the most, they didn't even battle in prayer with him. And now he was dead. And they couldn't fix it. They couldn't make it right. I mean, dead is final. And it was too late. And that's such a horrible thing. When we've let someone down or disappointed someone, and they go and die. And we can't fix it. We can't be stubborn for as long as we want to be stubborn or ashamed as long as we want to be ashamed, and then go to them on our own schedule when they mess it up by dying. And that's what Jesus did. Only he didn't disappoint them, or they didn't disappoint him. Jesus knew what was going to happen. Right? He told them what was going to happen. He quoted it in the book of Zechariah. We read it earlier in Mark chapter 14, verse 27. It says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. This was written, Jesus quoted here from the book of Zechariah, 400 years before the crucifixion. Jesus said he would be betrayed, that all of them would abandon him that he'd be delivered to the Jews, who, who then would deliver him to the Romans. Jesus said he'd be crucified, and three days later he'd rise from the dead. And Jesus did what he said he would do. But these guys, his, his closest followers, didn't believe him. And they didn't show up. They skipped church on Easter, the very first resurrection day. I know some of you have been bugged because I've said Easter a few times instead of Resurrection Day all the time. And I'm going to encourage you to get over it, okay? 
Uh, I, I am sick of the world claiming things that don't belong to them. We don't celebrate Easter because of some pagan holiday. We celebrate the resurrection every single time that we gather on the first day of the week. And we do so because that's the day that he rose from the dead. And the rainbow, that's, that's God's promise to us. Keep it holy. Don't, don't reject it. Don't give it away. But here it was the ladies, the faithful women that gathered on that day. They were the ones that became the first missionaries, right? Because they, they heard and received and they delivered the message that he is risen. But remember, they didn't show up that morning to have an Easter egg hunt or to get a basket filled with candy. I actually got an email news bulletin yesterday that said America will spend an estimated $20.8 billion, that's B, billion, dollars on Easter-related items. And due to inflation, I don't know if you guys have noticed that, the average price of an Easter basket in America has gone up to $61.83. Talk about a nation in rebellion. It only takes a fake money and some stale marshmallows to distract you from your only chance at salvation. What this day is really about. But even the ladies, those that did show up that morning, they weren't there for a celebration. They came for a burial. They thought he was dead. They, they thought that Jesus wasn't going to do what he said he would do. And we have a very different process for funerals today where we live in this country. We have professionals to take care of the body. We might bring them a nice set of clothes, but they prepare the body. They do the embalming. They put makeup on. We have professionals for that. There's still remote areas in this world where they can't do what we do. They don't have what we have. They don't have professionals. So they bury the body very quickly so they don't have to associate the smells of death with someone that they love. But in this culture that we're reading about this morning in in Jesus' day, they used fragrant spices. We get more description in the Gospel of John. It says that, Joseph and Nicodemus brought myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds of it, just to begin the, the preparation for burial when they took his body to the tomb. This was days later when the ladies came. And as they did, I'm sure when they arrived, they were weeping, they were grieving, no doubt depressed on that first morning. The guys didn't even show up, Right? They were in hiding, in fear of what might now happen to them. But they also were experiencing the grief of personal failure. Can you imagine being in their shoes? Guys, we've been arguing for three years about who was the greatest among us. Who would be at his right hand and and who would be at his left and now we've lost them. We bailed on him, and we can't fix it. We can't make it right. He's dead. And in their minds, it was final. It was over. You guys know the story. Mark tells us further in 
chapter 16, and, and Luke gives us a lot more detail in chapter 24 of his gospel. But on that same day, the, the greatest day, the day that Jesus rose from his dead, two of his followers had, had given up completely and said, we're, we're out of here. And, and they're walking away from where Jesus had risen from the dead, and he appears to them on the road to Emmaus. The, their eyes were somehow restrained, and they couldn't recognize him. And Jesus asked him, fellas, why, why are you so bummed out? What's going on? And they respond by asking him, are, are you the only stranger in all of Jerusalem? Did you just show up? I mean, it's the talk of the town. Jesus of Nazareth, they killed him. And it's over. Some ladies from our group, they, they went to the grave and they told us that he had risen, but some of the guys went and he was gone. He wasn't there. They said, we were, we were hoping. Luke 24 says, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things happened. Jesus then rebuked them for being so slow to believe. And then he expounded on the scriptures to them. The Old Testament and the New, or the Old Testament, everything that talked about him, prophesied of him, and their eyes were then opened and they realized that Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And they went and they told the others. And it, it was the ladies first that shared the news that he had risen, but the apostles, they didn't believe Then these guys came and they said, men, we've seen him. He appeared to us. And and still, they didn't believe. Maybe that's you this morning. Or or someone watching online. The first time you heard it, you didn't believe. And this morning, we, we read it. And so far, you're not buying it. You're in good company. Apparently, that doesn't disqualify you from growing up and becoming an apostle. These guys didn't believe either. But then Jesus shows up and he says, guys, they're right, I'm not dead. I I did what I said I was going to do. I didn't bail on you. I didn't save myself. I gave myself so that I could save you. And then they believed, except for one. Right? Thomas, who wasn't there. He heard the stories. Can you imagine that? All the brothers celebrating and so excited that Jesus had risen. And Thomas says, unless I see with my own eyes and see the spot where the nails went in and I touch them with my own hands, I I won't believe. And a whole week goes by. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, Thomas, check it out. Go ahead. And he knew that Jesus had heard him, that Jesus was listening to him. Can you guys imagine that? The excitement of celebrating the resurrection, that Jesus actually rose from the dead, that he's the Messiah, everything that he said was true, except for one grumpy guy sitting in the corner or at the table or or whatever refusing to believe that Jesus was who he said he was and that he did what he said he was going to do. Maybe you can't imagine that. Maybe that's what lunch will be like today. 
when you leave here, grumpy Uncle Joe doesn't want to hear any of that Jesus talk. Especially now that they're showing NASCAR on TV on Easter. I want to spend just a couple more minutes and take a look at the the last few verses in in Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 5. It says, In entering the tomb, they saw a young man, an angel of some sort, clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Go tell them he did what he said he was going to do. But go tell his disciples. Go tell the ones that he was closest with, those that left him when he needed them. Go tell them that he did not forsake them. Tell them that he'll see, tell them that he'll see them in Galilee. And Peter. Those, those two words actually amaze me. And Peter. Make sure Peter knows. Let him know that I didn't abandon him. I didn't abandon any of them. Let them know I wasn't surprised by what they did. I wasn't disappointed. Remind them that I told them it was going to happen. In John 16, it says, Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come. That you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the Father's with me. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Can you imagine what Peter must have been thinking? What he was feeling when he heard those words? And Peter, make sure Peter knows. If it was anyone but Jesus, I think I'd be scared. Vengeance was coming, he was going to get me. But not Jesus. In that moment, I think Peter understood unconditional love. He knew what it was to be loved when he didn't deserve it, did nothing to earn it. The majority of this world that we live in has no idea what unconditional love is, what that's like. Even between a husband and a wife or a parent and a child, the majority of the world that we live in is out for number one. My affection for you or, or your standing with me is based on how you treat the one that I love the most, me. That's how it works. That's the world's economy. Unconditional love says, I am never going to leave you or forsake you. Stop what you're doing. That's harmful. But I still love you. I'm for you. I'll never give up on you. And I'll always, always be here for you. Peter, you denied that you even knew who I was. And I love you. So that's my question for you this morning. 
whether you've joined us in person or you're, you're online, do you know what unconditional love is? Not like-mindedness, not strong affection. It's nothing like lust. Unconditional love wants the very best for you, regardless of your performance or your failure. Or even if at first you didn't believe. There's only one response to unconditional love that makes any sense at all, and that's repentance. And I know that's a church word, but it just means to change your mind. A better definition might be that to repent means to agree with God. I used to not agree with God, but now I do. That's repentance. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need to be forgiven. I agree with God on that. So I'm going to trust Jesus who wants to give me my first ever taste of unconditional love. The only one I can really count on to do what he said he was going to do. If you keep reading Peter's story in the Gospels, unconditional love changed everything for him. He wasn't perfect and he he still messed up some, but unconditional love changed him and it can change you. No matter what you've done, no matter how you've sinned. Two more verses, okay? And we're going to pray, we're going to sing a song, and you can go. So if you want to continue to be like the apostles and resist, you can resist. But if you want to experience a love greater than anything that you've ever dreamed of, these two verses tell you why Jesus came. John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you've never accepted the unconditional love of Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you can follow along with that prayer. You can pray something like it in your own words, quietly at your seat or in your head. God will hear you and he'll answer you. So would you join me in prayer? Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Make me clean. And show me what unconditional love is, Lord, and use it to change my life. I need you to save me, to be the Lord of my life. And thank you for doing what you said you were going to do so that I can be set free from my sin and go to heaven someday. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Since this is the greatest day, and it's a celebration. I've asked Susan to lead us in one more song of worship. And I'm actually going to ask you guys to sing like you really believe what you say you believe. Okay? Um, at the conclusion of the, the service, after we sing the song, if you